Welcome to the Bikepack Adventures Podcast. I am your host, Chris Panaski. This podcast was created so as to share the stories of bike tours, bike packers, and endurance racers from around the world as they embark on amazing adventures. Through their stories, you'll be able to learn the ins and outs of bike travel. You'll get insight into various countries and cultures, hear fantastic stories of their journeys, and through both mine and my guests' experiences, you'll learn about the pros and cons of specific gear, bikes, and bike setups. If you're new to bike travel and considering going on an adventure, I hope the podcast provides you with that extra little bit of motivation to make it happen. The Bike Pack Adventures Podcast is proudly supported by Panorama Cycles, Redshift Sports, Tailfin Bikepacking Equipment, Montan Sports Canada, Race Day Fuel, and Brockton Cyclery. Their continued support allows me to focus my efforts on providing you amazing content. Now let's get rolling. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Bike Pack Adventures Podcast. This is the final podcast episode in 2023. So, um, super excited to record this. I almost didn't because as you might hear it, I've got a bit of a cold. Um, I'm definitely stuffed up. So my voice sounds either very country music like in my head, or it could be very bad in real life. I'm not sure. So hopefully it's not too bad. Um, but anyways, I did want to get this done and, uh, just share with you a little bit about, uh, what happened this year. So a little bit about myself first, I guess I cycled a little bit over 3000 kilometers, which actually surprised me because I felt like I did really little this year. So I was surprised to see that it was like 3,360 kilometers according to ride with GPS. Um, that's like 122 rides. So one every three days, basically, and not too shabby considering how much I was, uh, either traveling sick, whatever, busy, you know? Um, yeah, I'd like it to be more in 2024. So, that's uh, definitely a thing that I want to improve on. What else? Um, Bikepacking related. I I had a pretty good year considering. I uh, In January, I went on an overnighter with my buddy Alex. We cycled from Canada, which is just west of Ottawa. Uh, we did a 50K fat bike ride to Cartwright Springs, which is a brewery up, in, uh, up near Ski Hill, Packenham area. That's it. And, um, yeah, we camped there overnight after having a few beers, which was perfect. And then we made our way back the next day. So it was just super fun to, to get out for an overnighter, test out some gear, uh, realize I'm vastly, vastly underprepared. Um, have a chance to chat with a buddy, catch up, all that good stuff. You know, uh, February, I raced the Windigo fat bike ultra. I did the 50 K distance. I was registered for the hundred K, but of course I was sick at the time. And uh, my throat was raw. Oh my God, it was so bad, my throat. Uh, so I figured I'd do the 50 in a social de- uh, demeanor, but instead I just raced it, which is kind of what I do sometimes when I'm not ready and shouldn't be doing things like that. Anyways, I came third, so that wasn't too bad. Um, definitely felt undertrained at that point because I had uh, COVID in January and then this flu in February really knocked me off any training plans I had going and stuff. And uh, then in March, I did a four-day bikepacking trip, fat biking, winter biking, whatever you want to call it, from Montreal or just north of Laval, Bois-Briand, I think, um, all the way to La Conception. So it was about 150K each way, I think, maybe 130K each way. 
Uh, and that was a mix of some pavement to get to the rail trail and then the rail trail, sometimes skidoo trail, which you're not supposed to do. And, uh, and then back on the rail trail. So really fun. I had a great time. Um, perfect weather was just below zero beautiful big flurries those days um some good rain ah there was a little bit of rain too the one day um good sized snow it was fun um well-groomed trails everything was perfect actually coming back when it was rainy a bit uh it was post hold from walkers so unfortunately but uh it wasn't too too bad it was only like when you're near the towns and as soon as you got away from that it was perfect um yeah, April, I didn't get up to much. And in May, I joined the uh, spring rally organized by Eric and Jen here in Ottawa. And that was super fun. I just met up with everybody in Canada on the Saturday morning. They had already arrived Friday night, but I, I could not commit two nights away from uh, my wife and daughter. And so I just did the one night out and I cycled uh, 90 kilometers to Cartwright Springs, same place. Um, and then, yeah, had a great social night, had some drinks and rode back the next day. Um, June, we held the inaugural Canadian Shield Bikepacking Summit. So I know uh, um, it's not exactly riding, but it was uh, bikepacking related and it was super fun. It was super educational. Um, I learned a lot even as the organizer and how to hopefully organize an even better event because it was great. But, you know, there's things that I would like to do differently. And uh, it's only through through uh, doing it. Do you figure that out? Right. So. Yeah. Uh, that was June. I didn't do too much else in June. I did get out for one big ride with um, Megan Hackenden when she was here. I also couldn't commit at that time to doing the 400 kilometer. She was doing a uh, the Canadian Shield 400 as a, a warm-up prior to doing the Log Driver's Waltz. And uh, I couldn't commit to that. So I did about 180 or so that that, that day with her. And basically, when we got to a good point where it was convenient for me to just beeline at home, that's what I did. So, uh, yeah, that was a fun ride, a fun day. Lots of good chats. And then in July, I aimed and headed and tried to take on the Canadian Shield 900 in the middle of a heat wave, which was a bad idea. And using a saddle, I should have known better than to keep on my bike. And I ended up with some real bad chafing by the end of the first day. And um, it was around midnight that night. I realized how messed up I was. And uh, so I decided to um, head home, call it, and, uh, you know, prepare better for next time. And that was pretty much it. I was, um, that was kind of like July, the rest of July and August. I was traveling. I was away. I did bring my folding bike to Japan and had a few little rides there, but more just commuting from the hostel to my son's house or uh, his mom's house in September I had a grand depart of Canadian shield and I rode the 400 and set a new FKT, which had been set by Megan on her warm up ride. So quote unquote warm up for me, it was nearly death, but I did break her time, not by much and um, definitely, definitely should have been trained better because I suffered for the like the next week. I could barely walk. It was awful. I think I even took a sick day from work the one day because I was just like, I can't move. Um, so when you think of that and then you compare it to her, like three days after finishing, she did an ITT of an 800-kilometer route and destroyed that record. So uh, she's an amazing athlete, and I was very... 
very undertrained <laughs> um, and in pain. What else? Uh, the last thing I guess, September, I did a, an overnighter with my nephew to Wakefield. So it's about 30 kilometers from my house and mostly rail trail. And it was his first overnighter bike packing, quote unquote, bike packing. Um, we had a blast. It was, it was good. Um, he complained a bit, but not too much. And, uh, bragged about it to all his family and friends for the next couple months. So I think he's super stoked to do it again next year. Yeah. In 2024. So I'm trying to plan something for that and we'll figure out how it goes. And other than that, that was pretty much it. I did some bike commuting to work. I've kind of figured something out, but then started getting cold. And I think I had another cold or two in September, October, somewhere around there. October, I think I had the cold, I had a cold, you know, a really bad man cold. Uh, November, I got sick again. Uh, early December, I injured my foot by stepping on some shoes in the middle of the night that were left at the foot of my bed. Give some context to that, why there were shoes at the foot of my bed. Um, Persians like to wear shoes in the house when they have parties because, I mean, think of it as in Iran, there's no clubs, so you can't dress up and go out. You dress up and you, you go to friends' houses. So they would do everything, you know, shoes, makeup, fancy clothes. And we had Jasmine's birthday party, so of course my wife was dressed and looked great. But then she left her shoes at the foot of my bed, to which I stomped on, tripped on. I'm not even sure, because I was—I probably had a few drinks, and was tired. I was in the middle of the night. Anyways, injured my foot. That was December 9th. We are December 30th now. That was, 20, that was three weeks ago. And it's still sore. It's still not fully healed. Um... I can walk fine now. I can at least squat down and do things with my foot, like change positions without hurting too much. Uh, But it's still probably a good month away from being better, which is insane. It's really crazy to think that I hurt it that bad. And of course, right now, end of the year, I've got a cold again. Um, I swear, I've never been sick this many times in a year. I eat well. I, you know, drink lots of hard liquor to kill the bad germs in your body. I think that's what I read. Uh, Something from Cheers, maybe. Norm talked about it. The slowest buffalo theory. Um, Yeah, that's just a joke. Uh, What (laughs) what else? Um, You know, but overall, it's it's a great year. 2023 was awesome. my daughter's growing like a weed. It's just every day is an adventure with her to see what she's learning. What's, you know, what new word she's going to come up with. We're having to be real careful what we say around her now, because uh, as, as a teacher, a lot of times when you're out of work, when you're not at work, you kind of swear a lot. It's like your chance to get it out of your system. And then all of a sudden she's just repeating everything. So being super careful. Um, yeah. So that's that. How about, uh, let's talk about the podcast, the, the meat and potatoes of what I do, I guess. Um, or I kind of just do a little bit of everything. It seems, uh, this year I will have recorded 30 episodes of the podcast. So that is 21 interviews, one bikepacking beyond borders episode. Um, that's where Carl and I talked about Japan two unpacking unpacking bike packing episodes where I just kind of talk about the stuff I'm doing, how I'm training, how I'm feeling, like uh, what gear I'm using, what I would like to try out, um, that kind of stuff. 
uh, random things going on in the world of cycling. That's that kind of thing. Um, I recorded four ride casts. That's talking about rides I did or, you know, events like when I did the Canadian Shield 400, uh, stuff like that. And then two others. So that one was uh, talking about the summit and then this thing when I'm recording right now. Uh, Overall, I mean, super, super excited. Uh, You know, it's amazing to see how how the podcast has grown year on year. It feels like every year the number of downloads is equal to the previous all-time downloads. So... Uh, year one, I think I had like 5,000 downloads and, uh, but well, actually it was exponential at that point. Year two, I think it was at like 25,000 year three was like 65,000 end of year four was something like 160,000 or so, or a little bit less 150 and and then since now I've started counting it from January, so year five is not technically over until the end of April or sometime in May, but I'm saying now, year five, uh, it's been like another 100 something thousand, 150,000 downloads this year, I think. So, you know, it's pretty impressive. Thank you guys. Thanks for listening. I, I remember when I hit 50 downloads in 2019 after starting the podcast, it's probably a couple months in. Well, maybe not a couple months, but yeah, maybe a month. Uh, and I was like, oh my God, 50 people have listened to this podcast. That is insane. And now look where we are. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty uh, pretty epic to to be doing something that I'm so passionate about and have a chance to talk to so many interesting cyclists, share my adventures, share, uh, share my journey. And um, yeah, and and do it as a hobby and still ride bikes when I have time. I'm not doing episode. No, actually I almost never let podcasting interfere with riding my bike. So I, I managed to do it in times when I'm not riding. Uh, obviously that's a really stupid statement, but you know what I mean? I, I don't l- try to let it interfere. Although I do feel like I haven't ridden as much as I would like to. So, but I also haven't podcasted as much as I would have liked to this year. Uh, as I mentioned, I recorded 30 episodes. I would have liked to do 35 or 40, you know? Um, 30's great though. That's you know, one every two weeks with an extra four, which is pretty sick. That's like an extra one every three months. Like, you know, it's it's good. Um I would like to get up to like I don't know, two every three weeks. So yeah, let's say thirty-five, forty, I don't know what that would be. Um not gonna do the math right now. Ah, uh, fine. Twenty six, thirty nine, thirty nine isn't the number. That's what I would like. I would like to do thirty nine. That's seventy five percent of the year. Um, ultimately, anyways. Uh, yeah. So it's really great. Um, there's, you know, I'm really, really impressed. I'm really proud of what I'm doing, and I'm super stoked for the messages I get from people about how, how, uh, you know, they started listening to the podcast and it gave them courage to to get out there and go ride and do an adventure and um somebody just sent me one recently i'm actually going to start taking these um blurbs and maybe i should put them on a slider on the podcast on the website and yeah i don't know um something to do like a little memory timestamp, you know um yeah what else um patreons i guess i've i've been really fortunate i guess i should say um 
in terms of having support from listeners uh you know it goes up and down there's as often as somebody comes in and starts supporting the show there's probably somebody that stops supporting it for whatever reason and could be financial it could be other interests it could be you know uh who knows but i get it and i just want to say thank you to all the people that you know past and present that have supported the show because it's you guys that help it keep going i i really try not to spend uh my family income on the podcast um this year it might happen a bit because I uh, I changed the website to Webflow and it's a lot more expensive. So unfortunately, but um, I think it made a lot nicer website. I just have to continue to tweak it a bit. Um, there's definitely things I need to do. And it was a whole lot of learning to go along with it. I spent hours and hours researching stuff. So yeah, but um, you know, so Webflow is costing. And then of course I got the podcast host company and and then I use uh, Descript as well. And uh, that's a really good platform to help you edit your episodes, um, taking out certain parts if you need to. And all in all, it's hundreds of dollars a year and stuff. And luckily, the podcast covers it. You know, it just kind of gets there. Um, and of course, that leaves a little bit of extra money to buy a piece of equipment once in a while. So... I have this great road, what's it called? Road podcaster, I think, or roadcaster. That's uh, for mixing podcasts. And I've got a pretty good mic, although I'd like to change some things up, but uh, that might not happen for another year. We'll see. It's hard to say. So uh, yeah, if you do like the podcast, I highly encourage you to uh, consider joining as a Patreon. It's, you know, anywhere from a dollar, I think is the minimum I have set. And, uh, Every dollar counts, literally, quite literally. Um, I'm going to make a higher, more focus on providing to the community. So one thing I'm starting to do is um, to leave, sometimes it'll be in both, but I mean, to leave the pre and after recordings um, on, a, on a separate recording for the Patreon members. So... That way you can kind of hear what we're chatting about before we record and after we record. That doesn't always happen because sometimes I don't have a clear segue into, hey, let's start the episode. Um, but it's something I've just just recently started. I'm also going to release the episodes about a week earlier for Patreon subscribers, just as a thank you. And that way it's not taking away something from the Patreon or like from the listener. So it's not saying like, you know, here's access only pay, you know, only for people that pay. I hate, I, I really don't like it when, uh, when, uh, podcasters do that. Um, I don't think it's the right way to say like these people are more special because they're willing to throw money at you. Uh, although that's also nice, but, um, yeah. So I decided that what I'm going to do is try to find incentives that, don't affect the quality and like, and don't hold me to that. And you never know, maybe I'll change and I'll be like, Nope, I'm going to make some content, uh, only for paying people, but I'm not at that point. And, uh, I know another big podcast just is starting to do that next year. And I was like, oh, I shook my head a little bit when I heard about it. Um, but you know, everybody has their reasons and we do spend a ton of time podcasting and recording and editing and 
if uh, if it means that you're trying to find a way to make it financially viable for the huge amount of time you invest in it, um, I guess it's each person will have to make that decision independently and on their own and rationalize it however they may have to. Um, for me, to be quite honest, I think I spend about probably 30 minutes to an hour and a half preparing for a podcast. So that's just from browsing the person's Instagram, looking at their websites, looking through their photos, looking at the countries they've been to, kind of plotting my ideas, looking at what gear they're using, um, just to get an idea of what we can talk about. Um, so there's that. Then, of course, recordings tend to be, I'm going to say on average, an hour and a half. So now we're at like three hours. Then the post-recording editing, I always underestimate this time, but when I really think about it, it takes me, I'd say, an hour just to do the sound edit, and I do pretty basic. I mean, I, I, make, I try to make it sound good, but I don't do content editing anymore, so I don't delete the ums and the ahs, and unless there's something really bad or somebody asks me to take something out, I try try to minimally to be minimally invasive mainly because it's a huge commitment of time to listen through the whole thing uh and to do that and then uh so that's probably another hour and then i've got to record the intro and that could be a couple of runs um you know not terribly long they're what like 10 minutes usually five minutes um where I talk about what's going on and then introduce the person. and But that could take me like another hour by the time I, I record it, import it, edit it, stitch it all together, export it as an MP3, upload it to Captivate or Patreon, wherever it is. Um, work with the artwork, upload that. You know, it's easily... through. What, we, what were we at? Three? I don't know, somewhere like probably seven or eight hours per episode in the end, I think uh, is a conservative or somewhere in the middle ground type of estimate of the time. So if you think that I did 30 episodes this year and on average spent about that much time, that's 200 hours of work, right? So it's not, it's not uh, nothing. So just, you have a sense, I guess. Um, Yeah, but I love it. So fuck it. You know, it's good. Uh, there's definitely sacrifices. I try not to do this before my daughter goes to bed nowadays. So a lot of times when I'm the vast majority of time, when I'm scheduling interviews, it is later at night. Or if it's somebody like the Chris Lee, I just did not too long ago. He's in the UK. I said, Hey, uh, actually no, his, I had to do it right when I came home from work. It was 5 PM. It was unusual because I don't do that much anymore. Um, but sometimes I'll have meetings and stuff with people in the UK and I will schedule it for like 7 a.m. so I can do that, do the recording. If it's a podcast, maybe 6 a.m. before Jasmine's awake so I can do that and uh, my wife can sort out her day and then I can drive her to daycare on my way to work. Yeah, so anyways, um, that was long. Um, way more winded than I thought it would be. But hey, just so you have an idea of uh, what I'm doing. What else? Um, yeah, sponsors. Um, you know, the podcast is sponsored. And I should throw in the caveat that by no means are you should you ever feel obligated to go purchase stuff from these companies just 
because you listen to the podcast and they sponsor me. I also try not to, and I don't know if I'm successful at this or not, but I try not to oversell a product when I'm talking about them. I will talk about what I use because it's what I use. I mean, I used to use Blackburn. I got it at cost um, or industry pricing when I was sponsored by Outdoor Gear Canada. I didn't particularly love their gear. It was just what I bought at the time. Having never owned bikepacking gear, that's what I got. Um, there was actually a lot of good things about it, but there was just some things I didn't like. I don't really like saddlebags and handlebar rolls because I hate packing them and unpacking them every time you need something. Um, then I uh, then I was sponsored by Restrap. So shout out to Restrap for supporting me for the last two years. I know that uh, we're not working together anymore, but that's okay. Uh, you know, everybody has their uh, missions, their objectives, their plans, their goals. And sometimes they don't align and uh, we go our separate ways. And that is the way it rolls. I really like their gear. I like their race setup there. It is phenomenal. There are definitely a few downsides to it. Um, I'll probably talk about it. I'll probably do a review of the gear. I mean, on, on the whole, very, very positive product reviews um have not much complaints a couple little things that annoy me but on overall it's it's very 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 minor so um yeah who else panorama cycles they they uh they came on october last year 2022 you know when he messaged me it was like Chris, I really like the podcast. We listen to it in the shop all the time. And I was like, really? That's amazing. You know, because although I know people listen to the podcast, I kind of forget that like bike shops listen to podcasts too. And manufacturers listen to podcasts too. And I just was kind of surprised that people are sitting around listening to me. It's still one of those things you kind of get shocked by. Anyways, um, long story short, we had a phone call and he was like, you know, I'd really like to support the podcast, offer a discount, um, be your bike sponsor. And at the time I was with a Chiru, with Chiru and I was like, listen, honestly, like, you know, I don't want to be bouncing around companies, this and that. And, uh, but they didn't sell a fat bike. So I said, Hey, what if, uh, what if you guys loan me a fat bike for the winter and we see how things go. And I, I always wanted to ride a fat bike. Uh, I never knew I'd be able to buy one like I did for my wife for $600 or whatever it was from Costco. That was or pretty decent fat bike. And um, so Simon was, uh, he was keen and gave me a fat bike to use. And from there, our relationship grew. I decided that, no, I really like the idea of partnering up with a, a local manufacturer and uh, that connection. And I really liked everything they stand for. And honestly, they make pretty freaking awesome bikes. So it's not too hard to to want to ride their gear. Of course, it doesn't mean that there's not a million other awesome bikes out there, right? So you got to bear it all in mind. And there are lots of great bikes, lots of great bike manufacturers. I'm just, uh, I'm affiliated with Panorama. I like their bikes, but hey, if you ride something else, that's awesome. I still ride with you. Um, Redshift Sports has been supporting me for, oh man, like three years now, which is pretty amazing. And, um, you know, I originally had the, the shock stop stem on my gravel bike when I bought it. And I bought the dual position seat post. Actually, my wife got it to me for Christmas, got it for me for Christmas. And I love these pieces of gear. In 2020, when I cycled across Western Canada, 
I I adored the position change of toggling that seat forward for my aero bars. I was so comfortable in like a TT position. Um, ever since then, it's still been one of those things I'm really struggling with. Do I go for the suspension or do I go for that dual dual position? Because that's such a game changer. I love it. Um, I'm still waiting for them to tie that all together and make a dropper post with dual position or something like that. I think it could be done. Anyways, I digress. Um, yeah, so I reached out to them and like this was in the early days. The podcast was still young and small and told them how much I liked their products and how much I'd love to like use some of their other gear and if they would, you know, consider collaborating and stuff. And, and they were right on board, you know. Um, Eric was fantastic. He, he hooked me up with what I wanted to try out and... Um, overall, I've been really impressed. Now, bear in mind, it's the same thing. I was using profile design arrow bars before that. Then I started using the Redshift ones. I actually find the arm pads on the Redshift ones more comfortable. And uh, so it's really good for me. I found the profile design ones. They would dig in on the outside of my arms a bit, maybe just because of the positioning or the way they would go. And uh, I always struggled with that a little bit. Hold on, I'm going to pause this for a sec. All right, sorry about the pause. Uh, the baby's upstairs sleeping. And I was like, oh, did I hear some crying? Is she awake? She's not. She's good. Um, yeah, so I was. I, I really do like the Redshift arrow bars. Uh, recently, I picked up a set of bar yak uh, handlebar extensions, that thing, um, through Marketplace, just because I want to test it out. So it doesn't mean like, you know, I'm not going to try other things. I, I definitely want to try, you know, if I want to try something and I can afford it, I'll buy it and pick it up and give it a shot. Um, but so far I'm not super comfortable on the Variax, So we'll see. Uh, it really is person dependent, right? Um, Brockton Cycler, same thing. They listen to me in the shop when I, when I, uh, got to know Theo after he took my two day FKT away from me. Um, in 2021, yeah, 2021, uh, after writing the butter tart 700 and I got talking to him and I found out that the owner of Brockton likes the podcast and I talked to them and they, uh, they, they give me a bit of a discount and deal on products, which is great because, you know, biking stuff is expensive and, and I spend so much time podcasting and stuff that I, I don't have time to find another hustle and make some money for bikes and stuff. And, and definitely, like I mentioned, my, my wife doesn't like it when I spend too much out of the family budget. Um, I used to do some renovation stuff. I would do people's work at their yards or build decks, things like that to make extra cash for bikes. But then all of a sudden, um, I'm spending all my time podcasting and I don't have time for that. So, uh, thank you, Brockton. They've, they've kept me rolling. Um, you know, they're, the behind the scenes company because people don't really look at you know all the little things on your bikes that you need to get to to have a functional bike and uh we have this blinders towards the the big picture right so brockton has been fantastic since day one um we even did a live live episode there which was super fun and great way to get to know the guys at the shop uh what else montan sports canada they came on after the summit so i guess we can talk about them a little bit later but They've, uh, they've kitted me out with some clothing this year, uh, winter stuff for this winter, which is great because I didn't really have winter biking gear. And what I did have was wearing out quickly. 
um, I already had a huge hole in the crotch and stuff and it was kind of inappropriate to wear it around. So yeah, it's really great. Um, I haven't got out for any really cold rides yet, so that should happen next week, pending my cold is gone, and um, then definitely more in January, February, and we'll see how it goes. I'll definitely keep you guys filled in. And like I said, if, if I like it, I'll tell you. And if, if the price is, the price is fantastic. That's what's the best thing. And if the gear works, you know, good quality gear with a good price, what more could you ask for, right? Um, next up, Race Day Fuel. They... They've been uh, supporting the podcast for a couple of years and um, I was added on as an ambassador and I've tested out some products or, you know, bought some products and used them and talked about them. And uh, I do like the products they sell. I mean, there are a lot of brands out there for nutrition and, um, you know, a lot of them are going to be similar, but if you find something that's good and you like it and it works for you, go for it. So uh, you can always check out uh, Race Day Fuel check out their website um i do have discount codes for a few of these companies so um i should state that panorama cycles bta 10 save 10 percent um redshift sports bta or bpa sorry it's all bpa bpa 15 save 15 percent uh monton sports uh, i'm not sure if we have one right now i'll get back to you on that race day field bpa 10 10 percent off as well and um yeah and then the newest one tailfin cycling so they're coming on for 2024 so i don't have much to say about them yet except i'm really excited to be using their products i have been following their growth over the past few years and watching skeptically as people started going from uh you know saddlebags to racks and uh, saddle packs or what rack top bags and things like that and going, Hey, what's going on? Is everything going back to touring and panniers shrinking down to micro panniers and, and micro panniers shrinking down to cargo cages. And, um, so it's been really, really exciting watching their growth and the development of their gear. And I'm super stoked to be having a chance to test out some of their stuff and use it and, uh, to have been added to their research and development division. So that's really cool. And, um, yeah, so that's the sponsors. I'm super excited. Like, you know, that, uh, that company see value in what I do and, and I'm sure they're just as excited that I see the value in what they're doing. So that's kind of, it's, it's a nice, uh, it's a nice way to look at life, you know? Um, as I mentioned earlier, the inaugural Canadian Shield Bikepacking Summit took place in early June this past year. Uh, it was a two day event, lots of great presentations, nine of them in total um some group rides in the morning social time you know lunch times and after having beers at the brewery and stuff uh we had 10 amazing presenters so i'm gonna just quickly um talk about them so there was eric and jen they are the hosts of uh log drivers waltz bikepacking route here in ottawa murray pierre savard she is an epic bikepacker out of montreal um so good to have her on Alex Garcia, he's this destination bikepacker. He he's got into it a few years ago and every time I talk to him he's gone to somewhere else and that right now he's in Costa Rica, so with his wife. Um so yeah, always uh giving me a little bit of that biking envy. Carl Presso, he's a a longtime bike mechanic, specialist in certain topics, I think forks and stuff. Um 
he has done it all. He knows everything you might want to know. He has about a million bike bags if you ever need to borrow one. Uh, super, super knowledgeable guy. LP Landry, Louis Philippe Landry out of Chelsea. Uh, so Carl's, uh, Alex is in Ottawa, Carl's in Gatineau. LP Landry is in Chelsea. Uh, he is a psych, sorry, yeah, psychotherapist, psychologist. Oh, I forgot exactly what his title was. But he is, uh, he hosts a podcast and uh, I guess he's a therapist and um, he shared a lot about mental mindset and stuff. And he's like, he's the guy to talk to if you're struggling and you're having problems and you're trying to find motivation and it's evading you. Um, Dr. Alexander Radan, he is from Southern Ontario. I believe it's Goderick, but I could be wrong. I know I always say it wrong. Um, and he presented on first aid and like building the, the uh, epic first aid kit. Alex Gay, he is, works with Ride with GPS, and he did a presentation on route planning. And obviously, there's probably not too many more highly expertise people to, to do something like that than somebody that works directly for that company. Megan Hackinen, all around an author, all around bike pack racing machine. She's phenomenal. She stayed with us for the better part of a month, which was uh, awesome. It was so good to, if you just have to watch what this woman eats, it's, it's amazing to what she put. The combinations are endless. And of course myself. So I feel like the small fish in a big pond there. Uh, but I'm sure I held my own weight and, um, yeah. And I was very fortunate to have so many sponsors for the first summit. And I think that's in part, uh, well, if you look at the, who the list of who they are, it's a large part of that is based on my, relationships through the podcast and I'm so thankful and chuffed that these companies see the value in what I'm doing they recognize my efforts to the community and when I told them I was starting this organizing this summit they were more than happy to come on board and provide for it and uh, so that was really really awesome so as I mentioned Panorama Cycles was there my VeloFit, they're not a sponsor of the podcast, but they came in. They gave every participant a free bike fitting, uh, this digital bike fitting app they've created. And it's awesome. Just used it recently. Uh, it works really well. It's very simple. And I'm going to take that bike out next week for a little bike packing and uh, really put it through the motions and see how it feels. Uh, as, of course, Redshift Sports were on board. Race Day Fuel, Montan Sports, Ride with GPS, and Brockton Cyclery, they all came on board. They all supported the summit, and uh, it was a huge success. So I'm super thankful to all you companies. <clears throat> What's next? Um, well, aside from my voice, which is, seems to be slowly giving way, um, season six of the podcast. I don't know why I called it seasons. It just seemed cool at the time. Uh, year six, whatever. Um, officially starting in May, but I've just decided that, you know, Calendars are much easier to go by than a random date in the middle of a year. So, yeah, starting season six in two days, I don't have any plans. I mean, I've, I want to keep a good mix of tours and bike packers, and I know the distinction is really hard to maintain, and obviously I struggle with it just like everybody else. And, if, of course, if you feel like, hey, man, you've been talking to too many bike packers recently, and we want more world tours let me know. Shoot me some suggestions. I will definitely see what I can do. Um, I do have a few fantastic guests in the works and planned and lined up. Well, not quite lined up, but, you know, in the works I've been talking to. So I'm really excited for that. Um, 
the unpacking bikepacking episodes, I'm going to have a co-host occasionally, I guess. I'm not sure if he's going to do it all the time, but next week we are planning to record one. That's Carl Presso. So we recently did the uh, bikepacking Beyond Borders Japan episode, Passport Japan. And now we're going to do an unpacking bikepacking. And I'm also going to introduce more uh, countries through the series. I have one lined up for, and oh, no, also next week um, to talk about France, I believe. So that's going to be epic. <clears throat> what else? Uh, events. I mean, I'm just putting myself out there for every event I can imagine. I've, there is a camping bike pack weekend in January. I would like to get to, I'm just haven't been able to commit to it hundred percent yet. And, um, I might miss that opportunity just cause unfortunately that's the way life works sometimes. And when you have a little two year old baby, you kind of gotta, you gotta put it out there sometimes that you're just not sure what you can do. Um, if I can't go on it, I might try to get out for a night somewhere just to, uh, just to have that bit of freedom as well. Uh, the Wendigo fat bike ultra I'm gunning for the 200 K this year. I have a minus 20 sleeping bag now. Actually it's a quilt. Um, so that is really exciting. I'm going to try to do it, but definitely my foot's still an issue. And I guess see how my training starts up and goes. Uh, spring rally, Eric and Jens, I mentioned earlier, uh, we're doing it as family this year. So it's going to be myself, my wife, the baby really excited about that. It's going to be fun to, to go do that and do some camping and cook on the stove and, um, yeah. And see how the baby likes running around in the woods and stuff. I'm planning to do the bang bang route with Alexander, Dr. Alexander in June. So that's going to be super fun. Um, hopefully all that goes well and I can do it and there's no issues. Uh, I have got permission for that. So that's great. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a straight up mountain biking route. So it's like recommended full suspension. Um, so he's actually going to lend me a bike cause I don't have a full suspension bike. So exciting. I'll just bring my bags. What else? I'm going to race the Canadian shield 400, uh, in September at my grand depart. Cause you know, I'm back at school at that point. So that's kind of all I can do is two days. Um, <clears throat> yeah, hopefully go even faster, be a little better trained. And, uh, yeah, I plan to do either the 900 or the XL, the Canadian shield 900 or Canadian shield XL, which is 1200 kilometers, uh, sometime in the start of July, hopefully not in the middle of a heat wave, hopefully not in the pouring rain, but, um, if it is, I'm just going to adjust and accordingly. And, um, I'd like to do it. I want to get out there. Um, and uh, we'll see. And what else? Of course, another little bikepacking adventure with my nephew. He wants to get on the bikes again. And how can I say no to that face? Um, yeah. And anything else that comes up that seems fun, maybe a couple gravel races, uh, things like that. We'll see. Nothing. Never say never. Right. Um, yeah. Essentially, that is 2023 in a nutshell and moving forward into 2024. I'm really excited with the way the podcast has been going these past past years. Um, there's definitely been challenges, you know, don't get me wrong. Don't think like just because I'm this happy go lucky guy on the podcast that I don't also don't deal with disappointment and lack of lack of morale and laziness and motivation issues. Um, that's why I feel like I haven't been on the bike in two months because I just, I haven't got there and then I hurt my foot and it just put me in a slump. So I'm, I'm trying to work out of that. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, 
I'm human, just like everybody else. We're we're just doing what we love to do, and we try to do it as much as we can, and and uh, try to get everything else that we like to do as well, you know, and or that all our other commitments. Check all those boxes. Keep our partners happy, and uh, ride our bikes, you know. So. Without any further ado, guys, thank you so much for listening, for being a part of this podcast, supporting it. Thank you to the companies that uh, help keep me rolling and um, have a fantastic New Year's. And uh, we'll see you in 2024. Now, keep on pedaling. Bye-bye. I want to end the show by thanking all my listeners once again for the emails and comments I regularly receive from you. It really helps motivate me and keep me going with this project and to continue sharing people's amazing stories. If you have any comments or questions, you can email me at chris at bikepackadventures.ca or go to bikepackadventures.ca and shoot me a message through the contact form. You can also check out the webpage for past podcast episodes, bikepacking routes throughout Canada, blog posts, videos, and touring tips. Lastly, I'd like to once again thank all the individuals and companies that are supporting the podcast. Head over to bikepackadventures.ca slash partners for some amazing deals. If you're enjoying the show and would like to become a supporting member, head over to www.patreon.com slash bikepackadventures to sign up. Patreons get to enjoy early access and ad-free podcast episodes. You can also support the show by sending a one-time donation through PayPal. This money all goes back into the podcast, helping me to cover the costs associated with running the show, buy new equipment when necessary, and continue to produce the high-quality content that you've become accustomed to. Much appreciated, and keep on peddling.